Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. Listen for a word from God. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise ones from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise ones and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for your word to us. I pray this morning that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts to the message you have for us. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, as we talked about earlier, this is the Christmas season, and as we come to the end of this season, we prepare for this special day, Epiphany. Epiphany is a holiday, and it is a season, a time when we read this story of the Magi traveling every year. Just like we read the story of Christmas and the story of Easter, we come to this story time after time after time because It is so important. The story of the wise ones journeying to visit the Christ. Now, we don't know a whole lot about these wise ones. The word used to describe them has all kinds of definitions. We aren't quite sure what it means. It might be astronomers. It might be magicians. It might be Persian priests. And somewhere along the line, someone thought, well, maybe they're royalty, so sometimes they're called kings. But at its core, we know that they are from a far away place, and they're following a star. And so this 
holiday that we celebrate when we tell their story is called Epiphany. And we know that word Epiphany. It's a word that we use. And as I was thinking about Epiphanies and astrologers, I remembered another astrologer story from long ago that I thought I would share. You probably remember it from science in school. Archimedes was born some 200 years before Jesus, and he was a scientist, an astronomer, an inventor, a magician, some called him, and he was actually employed by the king to solve scientific problems. This was a great example of the rulers of the day valuing science, which is a sermon for another day, but this scientist was employed to solve problems as the king came up with them. And so as the story goes, one time the king received a golden crown. And he had suspicions that the crown might not be pure gold, that there might be some silver hidden in there. And so he employed Archimedes to do some scientific experiments to see if this crown was actually pure gold. So this was a big problem that Archimedes didn't really know how to solve. And so as he was mulling it over one day, he took a bath And when he got into the bath, he noticed that the water would rise more and more as he went deeper and deeper into it. And suddenly, he had a realization. Water was displaced at the same rate of the volume of whatever it was that was being submerged. And so in this instant, this aha moment, the Archimedes principle or the law of buoyancy was revealed to him. So the story says that he jumped out of the bath and ran through the streets of town naked, shouting, Eureka! Eureka! Which means, I have found it! I have found it! It was a moment of epiphany, a discovery, an illumination, the revelation of something new. We know this experience. We've all had some kind of epiphany in our lives. And often, they do happen in the bath or shower, don't they? Psychologists have all kinds of great reasons for that, but we know that feeling of epiphany when everything just seems to fall into place and we understand something in a new way. Sometimes epiphany comes after we've been wrestling with a question for a really long time. And sometimes epiphany answers a question we didn't even know that we had. I've been lucky enough to get to witness epiphanies almost on a daily basis with our one-year-old daughter, Naima. She's at the stage where she's starting to connect words and meaning in a really cool way. We've been teaching her little uh, bits of sign language to help in her communication, and it's so amazing to discover and to see in her these moments of epiphany when she understands what a word means, what a sign means, and how to communicate with us. We taught her more, and when she finally understood that if I do this with raspberries in front of me, her new favorite food, they will give me more of that thing. And her eyes light up, and she is just ecstatic that she can communicate something with us, something that results in some kind of action. These moments of discovery are epiphany. They're just as exciting for her as they are for Garrett and I. 
The story of the wise ones is a story of epiphany for the whole world. A story of epiphany that still matters for us today, that this child that they came upon was to be the savior. That this child, this vulnerable infant, was actually God with us. That he would be the one to bring about the kingdom of God, to show us the way to God, and to offer us into loving relationship. Epiphany that continues on and on. And the wise ones were just about the last possible group of people you would expect that kind of revelation to come to. They were outsiders. They were not Jewish. They had completely different worldviews and backgrounds and cultural heritage than those who were prepared, or so they thought, for the arrival of a new savior. In fact, these wise ones likely would have been excluded from the religious practices of the day. They had their own religion, their own systems of meaning and understanding, and surely new news would not come to them. The revelation of Jesus as Savior to these outsiders was revelation in itself double layers of epiphany that God would show God's self in this way to these people. The wise ones studied the stars, and they knew enough about them to see that one had appeared that was not on any of their charts, and so that curiosity, that nudge of wonder, is what led them on an epic journey. Some scholars say that it probably would have taken up to two years for these wise ones to travel from so far away across deserts and deserts and deserts, and that they likely would not have gotten there in that manger moment when Jesus was born, but probably when he was a toddler. You'll notice the scripture says that they came to the house where Jesus was. So they were certainly late to the party, but they were among the very first to realize the magnitude of what this new child meant. As slow as they were, they were still among the first to really get it. Upon seeing Jesus, the text says, they knelt down in worship and offered him gifts from their own culture. Our God is a God of epiphanies. The big epiphany as Jesus, as Savior to all people, from all religions and cultures and races and languages. Our God is the God of that big epiphany, but our God is also the God of smaller epiphanies that happen every single day. If you listen to anybody's story of faith, anybody's testimony, I can pretty much guarantee you it will be a story of epiphany. Sometimes that sounds like a big aha moment in the bathtub where God's grace became real to them in one moment, but sometimes it sounds like a slower journey of epiphany. Building trust, growing revelation, and a presence of love that swells. Epiphany is there, though, at the root of it all. Epiphany that there is something bigger than all of us and that love is somehow at the root of it. 
the epiphany that we are called to serve and respond to that love and that somehow God's Spirit is with us in that and connects us to eternity. Epiphany is for all of us. This story of the wise ones teaches me a few things about epiphany from God that I'll leave you with. The first is that epiphany leads to radical inclusion. I found that if somebody is being excluded, it is an epiphany that is likely not from God. The story comes at the very beginning of Matthew's gospel, and at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus speaks the words of the Great Commission. Go into the world, into every nation, baptizing them, teaching what I have taught you. The story begins and ends from Matthew's perspective with this call that this message is for everybody. Epiphany is always about inclusion. The story also reminds me that uh, epiphany can bring about conflict in the world. In fact, I'd say it often does. Here we see brutal conflict of a king that is so worried about his power being taken away from him that he orders the massacre of young children. Conflict comes up when God's presence is revealed in a world that instead relies on power and injustice to turn. God's epiphany doesn't mean life is easy but that conflict is coming. Finally, the story of the wise ones teaches me that epiphany requires action. Epiphanies from God are never meant to just stay as aha moments for our own brains. They are meant to be shared and acted upon. The wise ones took their epiphany and moved it to their feet as they journeyed and worshipped and told of what they had seen. The epiphany of Archimedes led to a new principle and teaching it and practicing it and letting it rule and help decide things. Epiphanies of meaning happen when we learn new words or new signs and we use them to communicate and to become closer with those around us. Epiphanies require us to put our feet one in front of the other and to show the way to God to those around us. I'll leave you with that image of epiphany that I feel like I've experienced with my daughter learning these words. As she comes upon a new word, a new saying, a new sign, and she makes that connection and lights up with joy, it is just as exciting for me as it is for her. I think God delights in self-revelation when we are able to see a side of God that we hadn't seen before. God smiles upon us and God wants to be revealed in new ways. We have a God that is seeking that kind of connection and providing us opportunities to connect through epiphany. As we come to that celebration this year, I wonder where you see epiphany in your own life. I wonder where you are able to make outsiders feel a little more like insiders. 
And I wonder where you're able to navigate conflict in the world and walk a little closer to God. I pray that we would be people of epiphany and epiphanies every day. Would you join me in prayer? Holy God, thank you for revealing yourself to us in surprising ways that we would never chart out ourselves. I pray that you would open our eyes to opportunities that we have for learning more about you every day, for stepping into epiphany and to acting upon it. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.